Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. The hawk will never die. Welcome, everyone, back to another off-season episode of Hulk Hill Focus. It is your commissioner, Kyle, here again, joined by his lovely co-host and deputy commissioner, Sam Robinson. Sam, how the hell are you today? I'm good, Kyle. I missed you. It's been a while. I know. It really has been. I don't think we've been doing as many off-season episodes as we hoped we would. But uh, you know what? The good thing about the off-season is is that it's almost over. We're almost at draft day. Wow. Kyle, when's draft day? Draft day. Thank you, Sam. Draft day will be August 27th at 6 p.m. Um, if you are in the Philadelphia area, you are more than welcome. Honestly, if you're anywhere in the world, you are welcome to join us at David's house for a draft party. Um, I know I think a large majority of the league will be there, nine of the 12 of us. Um, but if you're not able to make it, you'll still be able to draft on ESPN like normal. Um, so, you know, we are, as of the, this recording, we are 17 days away from the draft. So I hope everyone's doing their mocks, taking a look at their rankings and keeping up with the training camp news. Um, but Sam, more importantly, what we're here for today is we're finally back with part two of our Hall of Fame announcements for the year. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we uploaded part one where we inducted all of our Hall of Fame players from the past six seasons, I believe. Um, you know, and now it's time to induct former owners and or former teams that, um, you know, we deemed eligible. And who better than to bring on the show to help talk about this and help induct these new members than our Hall of Fame curator, Sean. Sean, welcome back to the show. It is always a pleasure to be here. Um, I've, I'm, I'm so happy that I now have a longer streak than David as of late. So you know what? I'm just, it's, it's, it's a pleasure to be here as always, gentlemen. Yes, we are happy to have you. We are happy to have you. Well, without further ado, do we do we really just want to get into some inductions right now? Um, Sean, I will... As Deputy Commissioner, can we do one more quick housekeeping? Uh, I know we talked about the draft. Kyle, while we have our listeners here, can we also just remind everybody when keepers are due before we break into the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. Keepers will be due at 3 p.m. on draft day. So August 27th, uh, keepers are due to me at 3 p.m., Please be sure to text me your keeper names before that deadline or else, you know, you're not able to keep them. Um, All of your eligible keepers have been posted multiple times to Facebook. So take a look at that. Um, You know, once you, if you submit your keepers to me tonight, tomorrow, um, you're able to change them. So really there's no harm in doing it right now. So if you know who you want to keep or have at least, you know, 85% confidence in who you want to keep for this upcoming season, just text me. I can mark them down. Then if you forget about it later, you know, at least you have something. Um, you know, all one last thing too, if you haven't sent me your league dues for the year, please do. Uh, all but one of you has done that. I'm not going to call you out here on the show, um, but just make sure you do that. Send that to me before draft day. So thank you, Sam, for the reminder on those housekeepers. Housekeeping items, not the housekeepers. We don't have any housekeepers here. We are the housekeepers, honestly. We are. 
Um, but yeah, without further ado, I think it's time to announce some inductees into the Hall of Fame. So Sean, please, this is this is now your your boat to steer, Captain. Let's go. All right. So as Kyle mentioned last episode, we inducted all of our players over the entire history of the SJU FFL. Um, and this time we're going to be going through owners and teams. Uh, so just to, uh, I, I mentioned on the last episode that I wouldn't bore you with how it all worked, but just a really brief overview of how this works. Uh, from an owner perspective, upon an owner's retirement, they become eligible for the SJU FFL Hall of Fame and Museum. Uh, the select SJU FFL Hall of Fame committee will convene and decide whether or not those retired teams are worthy for the league. A simple majority is needed out of the three members. Um, in case you're wondering who the three members are, uh, that is myself, uh, Deputy Commissioner Sam Robinson, and then our uh, special select member, uh, arguably the most non-biased person in the entire league, uh, Miss Julie Osborne has been selected to that committee. So, uh, all they need is a simple majority and they get in. So uh, it is up to that committee. Uh, from a team perspective, uh, basically we all come prepared with nominations for each season. Uh, the way it works is we, it's important to take a historical lens when it comes to these teams. So uh, <clears throat> you review the uh, teams from the uh, year three years prior to whatever year was just completed so we just completed 2021 so this year technically we would just be looking at 2018 but we're also looking at 16 and 17 since we haven't done those yet um, we're all the three of us are able to make nominations we vote based off those nominations two-thirds majority gets in uh, Kyle comes in where necessary because we cannot nominate our own teams um, so Kyle votes and nominates where necessary so very brief overview of how all of that works. Um, gentlemen, did I miss anything that you think needs to be cleared up? I don't think I'd so. like to clear oh. up before we get started. Are we uh, publishing the final votes for those who did get in? Like, I don't remember the final votes quite honestly, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think, yeah, I can't remember the exact final votes, so I'm gonna lean no, but we will have special graphics for all of our inductees. <laughs> Fair enough. But okay, well, without further ado, then you know what? We're going to start with the owner induction. So there were three gentlemen eligible um, Mr. Ethan Catillo, Mr. Julian Zuzarte, and Mr. Mike Mastrangelo. Uh, those three were eligible for uh, consideration because of their retirement from this league. And the results are as follows Ethan Catillo was voted nay, he will not be inducted. Julian Zuzarte was voted as nay, he will not be inducted. They both had one season in the league each. Well, Ethan had a couple, but either way, um, just not, a, not up to snuff really when it came to Hall of Fame. Um, but that leaves one gentleman left, our inaugural champion. He went to two championships in back-to-back -back seasons. He lost that second championship only by one point in 2017. Um, still has a great record all time. And yes, you are hearing it here. Mr. Mike Mastrangelo is our inaugural inductee into the owner Hall of Fame of the SJU FFL Hall of Fame and Museum. So let's clap it up for Mr. Mike Mastrangelo here. Uh, Kyle, Sam, want to get your get your initial reaction here? I think it makes sense. You know, if you're looking at Mike's track record in this league, 
he was the inaugural champion 2016 um back-to-back championship appearances in 16 and 17 and as you said only lost that 2017 championship to you sean by one point um his, the numbers are there he had positive point differentials in both of those years um you know his league record was over 500 both of those years if we look at pure win percentage he is tied for the highest league win percentage all time um with a 667 win percentage that actually ties him with sean who also has 667 um and we all know how dominant sean has been in this league just quite honestly not to you know stroke his ego or anything Um, flattering me my goodness (laughs) i got you buddy but um yeah no i think strictly looking at numbers you know this is this makes sense um and you know just really just congratulations to mike yeah i would like to congratulate mike as well i obviously did not have the pleasure of playing with mike within this league um but from you know the league history books that i have been able to re-up on obviously you know me i'm always a student of the game um, learning more about our league and its history. So seeing Mike, the inaugural champion, he went to the championship his second year as well in his final season, right? Yes, he did. Two, yes. two appearances, one championship. Um, you know, that alone speaks for itself. So congratulations to Mike on his being the inaugural, the sole owner currently in the SJU FFL Hall of Fame. Should we rename the, the owner's wing to the Mike Mastrangelo Hall of Fame? You know what? I, I think we're going to have to. I, he's the inaugural member. And uh, and honestly, and like like we said before, guys, the only way to get in is retiring. So, I mean, hopefully we don't have anybody else do that anytime soon. So I hope we kind of we kind of like league continuity. So <laughs> it's yes. kind of it's, it's an honor and not to be an owner inductee. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we're happy to have Mike in there. So congratulations. absolutely. Congratulations, Mike. So with that. That concludes the owner segment. Uh, we're going to be moving on now to the team induction. So again, the way this works is that a, a team within a specific year can be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, so starting with 2016, uh, we deliberated for actually this. I think we can all attest to this. This took behind the scenes uh, much longer than we all anticipated. I, I really appreciate the how prepared everybody came, the discussions that happened, and honestly, just the the like. Uh, very constructive debates that occurred during this whole process. So in 2016, we had a lot of names thrown around. uh, I mean, including who we just named Mike Mastrangelo with his 2016 uh, inaugural championship team. Um, I couldn't nominate myself, but my name was thrown out there. We had, again, a couple other folks uh, kind of on the block here. But ultimately, after a lot of review, we decided that in 2016, there would be no teams inducted. Uh, There was just no team that really blew us away. Um, Yes, Mike was historic in being the inaugural champion, but when you you get down to the brass tacks, the the point totals, the numbers just weren't there. Um, So in good faith, we really couldn't induct anyone. But um, Sam, you were on the select committee. Um, Do you have any initial thoughts about 2016? Yeah, just echoing the same sentiments. This was definitely, I think, our longest drawn-out conversation um, was that initial year. There was a lot of history behind it. Um, 
you know, obviously we honored Mike and his inaugural championship via the ownership hall of fame wing, if that's what we're calling it. Um, and the team itself, we, you know, I'm not going to bore everyone with the nitty gritty numbers. It was slightly underwhelming from what we would consider hall of fame. I don't want to say quality because I don't want to say it was a low quality team, but you know, hall of fame caliber, um, I guess is what we're looking for here. You know, this is a very high honor to get a team into the hall of fame and, you know, not just Mike, there was a couple other teams that had really good seasons that year that just we thought didn't make the cut as well. Um, you know, and it's no, you know, slight to them or the seasons they had. Sean, you had a wonderful year that year. Mike won a championship. Uh, there was a couple of the names that got thrown around in there that had good seasons. It's just when push came to shove and you kind of looked at the other seasons as well that we were kind of comparing off to again from a historical perspective. Um, we just didn't think that there was one that necessarily deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. And that's, you know, the unfortunate reality that could happen some years where blank ballots are going to be submitted. And, you know, that it, it is what it is. It's a Hall of Fame process and we trust it and we love it. And if you don't, uh, talk to the commissioner or the deputy commissioner and we will uh, take your feedback on how we can change this process. But yeah, personally, yeah. I think it works. We love hearing, we love hearing the feedback. Um... But yeah, just echo Sam and Sean. You know, there were a lot of talks about teams that from this season. Um, you know, we had teams like Matt and Sean, uh, even David and Mike, as we said, um, all within consideration. I even threw out a rogue nomination of Nick Mandarano, which was quickly shot down. Um, but you know, no team, as Sean said, really blew us away. Um, and came out as truly that much more dominant than everyone else. So, you know, that's just why nobody got in for 2016. All right. Well said, gentlemen. Um, so moving on to 2017, correct? Well, yes, Sean, but before we go into 2017, I think we should, uh, you know, add one more wing, I think, announce one more <laughs> wing to the Hall of Fame. Um, podcast Platform Hall of Fame. I think that's something we can add. Right, guys? No, that's only fitting. And although I, I would, would like to throw out the first inaugural nominee into the podcast platform Hall of Fame, um, I'd like to nominate Anchor to, for entrance into the Hall of Fame. You second it, Sam? Sean? I, I have no choice but to third. <laughs> A unanimous Hall of Famer, guys. Um, anchor into the podcast platform Hall of Fame. And as we might have it, Anchor is here to join us with an acceptance speech right now. So, uh, Anchor, please speak your words. Thank you, Anchor, our unanimous Hall of Fame podcast platform. Um, speaking of the Hall of Fame, we have two more years to still review between 2017 and 2018. Um, why don't we start with 2017? This was the year prior to me joining the league, um, so I can't really speak too much on how great the league was, but we do actually have an announcement from 2017. I'll give you a little hint. There were no blank ballots for the 2017 election. So, Sean, if you would like to resume going over where we're at, where we as the committee decided for 2017, if you will. Absolutely. So, 2017, as Sam alluded to, uh, we do, there were no blank ballots in this season. 
uh, we do have uh, an honoree to talk about here. And yes, I said Anne because we only have one from 2017. Um, honestly, I this, <laughs> this is going to sound really bad like later on, but like uh, we didn't really have a lot of names thrown around in 2017. Um, uh, we did have like, I mean, we briefly, briefly mentioned like Kyle, your name was briefly mentioned as part of this. Uh, but really, I and I could not do this. I could not make this nomination. But uh, the only team to make it in 2017 was myself. Was the at the time Gotham City Rogues uh, was inducted into the uh, Hall of Fame. And you know what? I'm gonna actually pass to Kyle because Kyle made some really great arguments as to why this team belonged. And I, I think it's uh, fitting that Kyle, you speak on that here. Yeah, absolutely. So this was a tough team to take a look at. Um, I was the one who threw out the nomination for Sean for this year. Um, and I was really on the fence coming into the nomination because, yes, um, in 2017, Sean had 1,214 points for, for his team. The second most were myself. I had 1,158. So there was, you know, about a, you know, almost 60 to 70 point difference in points scored, which is a lot if you look at it throughout the fantasy season and then the 12 weeks we played. Um, Sean was the only team to average more than 100 points per game, which was fairly good. Um, he was one of three teams to have a nine and three record that year. Um, the, you know, fourth best team had an eight and four record. And then after that, it was down to six and six. So it was very top heavy that year. Um, quite honestly, the argument I had against Sean was his points allowed. You know, looking at it, he had only 891 points allowed throughout the 12 weeks of the regular season. That equates to 74.3 points per game. He had a 26.9 point differential per game. Um, you know, but, you know, talking about with the committee, we decided that, yes, Sean had the least amount of points for that season by far, but, you know, we shouldn't. I'm actually looking at it now. You actually didn't have the least amount of points allowed. Um, David had 30 points less than you, Sean. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, David sucks. Um, so, you know, we didn't want to penalize Sean because the league just flat out sucked that year. You know, that's not his problem. He still had the most points for, and it was by a wide margin. Um, you know, Sean, I believe you also had a couple of Hall of Fame players in 2017 on your roster, correct? I believe so. Yes. I, I don't have it memorized, but that is correct. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you were led by some Hall of Fame players. Um, you know, you were a champion. You had one of the league's best records, most points for, um, you know, after talking through the committee, I think it was an easy induction for me on my side. Yeah, so I agree with that point. Um, you know, just to give a little inside baseball, I guess, to the folks at home listening to the podcast, I think – Probably I was one of the stricter uh, voters of the SJUFFL Hall of Fame. And to me, this one wasn't really much of a question. I mean, when you win the championship, you had the best record in the league, you know, technically tied, but still, you had the best record in the league. You led the league in scoring that year. I mean, from top to bottom, there's, you know, if you're first in everything, that means you're a pretty darn good team. And to me, that's Hall of Fame worthy. Um, so, Sean, I'd like to congratulate you on an incredible season and your Hall of Fame induction. I think it was well-earned. Um, your team, as we mentioned, was very, very good. So I'm sure you enjoyed that on top of the Hall of Fame uh, induction back then. But 
Yeah, I mean, overall, that to me is what a Hall of Fame team is, just from top to bottom, more or less bulletproof. You lost three games the entire year. Like, it's pretty good. So, good job to you and congratulations. Well, thank you both, uh, gentlemen. Uh, The Gotham Rogues are very excited to announce that this season we'll be having a 2017 commemorative uh, ring day at a Wayne Industries stadium. So uh, we are very, very excited uh, in order to uh, celebrate that historic team uh, led by uh, quarterback Tom Brady that year. So we're we're very, very excited as I wear the Gotham Rogues Tom Brady jersey as we speak. So, <laughs> Sean, you know you say that. I'm fully expecting pictures from the event. I'm fully expecting you to go out all out with this plan. Oh, yeah, get the, um, the commemorative ring. <laughs> yes. Before we go into 2018, can I bring up one small thing that I don't think either of you will take seriously? Sure. Um, you know it's equally as impressive as being a very good team in fantasy, fo- in fantasy football? Being a god-awful winless team. Fantasy football is a game of luck, and you would think that during a season, you'd have some luck thrown in there during the year. Um, do you think we should have gave the 2016 Jim Elliott team credit for going 0-12 throughout the season? That's that's an interesting question, because I certainly didn't think of it like that. And And if you're going to take it one step further, if you combine 2016 and 2017, Jim went one and 23 <laughs> that's impressive to be that that's, bad that's like you you have to try to have a record that bad i think you know so maybe maybe this is something that 10 years down the road the uh the veterans committee can uh, <laughs> t- we can, can, uh can review <laughs> we uh can add a, a new wing called the hall of lame in a couple of years <laughs> add those in there well but, i mean okay. we don't we don't we don't want to incentivize the T word, do we? That's fair. That's very fair. All right. Let's not do that. I just saw that and you know, <laughs> it's, it's a fair point. <laughs> you know, it was the minus three hundred and sixty-seven point differential is what got me with the uh, with Jim season that you're like Well, it's funny because he didn't actually score the least amount of points. You think oh, no, Ethan, Ethan still scored and he two had three wins. Left. And <laughs> Ethan had three wins. <laughs> You know, for Jim to not be the lowest score. So it's not like he like purposely tanked or if he did somehow Ethan did it better and won three games, but so yeah, to not be the worst scoring team and not have a single win. That's kind of like the kid of the SATs. Like, you know, the really smart kids that like would purposely get zeros to like score the negative points to like prove that they were smart. You know, that kind of does deserve some recognition because Jim, whether you tried or not, it's pretty darn impressive. So good for you. Is that the only defeated season it in is. league history? It is the only defeated season. Um, you know what, Sean? I'll tell you what. As we go through 2018, I'll take a look at all the league history to see, you know, what the worst seasons were for you. So all you right. Um, there we go. So, yes, please go I into 2018. It. All right. So for 2018, uh, again, this was actually a, a fantastic season in the league. There was a lot of high scoring in the league this year. We had multiple teams over 1,200 points. It was actually, what, six teams over 1,200 points. And then you had Kyle with uh, 1185. So he was actually pushing 1,200 very close as well. So this was a very high scoring year just in general. Um, so there were a lot of names thrown out. Uh, uh, Matt, myself, Kyle, David, uh, Larry, 
Um, there were a lot of names thrown out there, but there's one guy that I haven't mentioned uh, who scored 1,200 points that season as well. Um, I was very passionate about this vote, so I, I'm going to kind of read some of my through some of my notes here. I made the nomination. Um, I'm very happy to announce uh, that Mr. Sam Robinson and the 2018 Nick Goes to Nova are is going to be inducted into the uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, just some of my notes that I had here when we were talking were just, this was his first year in the league and he won the whole thing. That alone takes balls and it's very historic. Um, secondly, he came in second in points behind Larry, but that was only by seven points and he had more points against than Larry. So a slightly harder schedule than Larry did. Um, and then obviously went on to win the whole thing. But what baffles me maybe the most is we, we alluded to this in the last episode when we went over the 2018 Hall of Fame inductees for the players and just how many Sam had. He had two that year. Um, but if you go back and look at the 2018 Nick Goes to Nova team, it's absurd. We should have never let this happen. And if the GM of the Year award existed back then, he would have gotten it. QB, Patrick Mahomes. Running back one, Leonard Fournette. Running back two, Nick Chubb. Wide receiver one, Julio Jones. Uh, wide receiver two, Juju Smith-Schuster. Tight end. That was when Juju Travis. was still good. Yeah. Tight end, Travis Kelsey. Flex, Aaron Jones. Kicker, Justin Tucker. That lineup is gross. Then, as I mentioned, Mahomes and Kelsey were Hall of Famers. Uh, he took Mahomes with the 69th overall pick. Um, and nice. then nice. – yeah. <laughs> And then, just not just to mention this, he picked up Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones off waivers that season because they went undrafted. That is just a, a disgusting team. If we had keepers back then, Sam would have been set up for years to come. He had multiple options to choose from, especially if we had the James Robinson rule. So that team was just phenomenal. I think is very, very deserving to be in the hall of fame that season, but I'm going to kick it over to you guys. Yeah, Sam, I'll let you go last with your uh, acceptance speech. Um, I thought this was another easy one to get in there. If you just look at, you know, it being Sam's first year in the league, um, which really, if you remember when Sam came into the league, he was at a much bigger disadvantage than, you know, let's say Gil or John Luca coming into the league last year. Sam barely knew anyone in this league. Um, you know, so it was hard for him to make any trades if he wanted to this year because he didn't have people. Also barely knew fantasy football. Really? I didn't know that. No, I really had zero clue what I was doing the first like six games of the year. Wow, that's even more impressive then. So yeah, and you know, hindsight's always 2020. And obviously back in 2018, names like Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones uh, aren't the names that they were today. But, you know, I also want to throw in there that he had Marlon Mack on his bench, uh, at least for the championship game, where Marlon Mack was averaging 12, 12.5 points per game. So that's fairly good. Um, but yeah, no, Sam, your roster was just absolutely stacked this year. Um, looking at the championship game, you actually only scored 72 points yes. in the championship game. So that's a little, you know, disappointing <laughs> to see. That was a... Uh, the- a very historic championship from what I remember. <laughs> there was a Thursday night football. Kyle, I'm not sure if you have the full box score in front of you, but Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey played together on Thursday night football, obviously playing for the Chiefs championship week. And they might have put up a combined like 15 points. Oof. Like I don't know if you have the entire box score in front of you, but like I remember it being like I thought I was cooked like before the, the Sunday games even started. 
And then he thought he was Brandon Cooks. I did. Not Miller. Sorry, that not was Brandon. that was that was terrible. <laughs> not not Team Brandis icon, Brandon Cooks. <laughs> but yeah, no, Sam, I don't have the full back score, but just very impressive team you had there. So congratulations. Thank you. It's a, it's an honor to, you know, that inaugural year was something that was very special. Um, I'll never forget. I was sitting, I don't remember which class it was, but I got the ESPN notification that Carlos Hyde had been traded from the Browns. And I immediately went and picked up Nick Chubb off waivers in the middle of that class and knew that it was going to be something special. So that was the Nick Chubb story. Aaron Jones. I don't really remember why or how I came to the logic of picking him up. Um, I just saw that he was scoring a lot of points in a good offense um, with the Green Bay Packers. So that's, you know, I just wanted to shed some light on two, those two big waiver wire pickups. Some, you know, if you're scratching your head saying, how did we let that happen? Carlos Hyde was starting in front of Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones was a backup to, I couldn't even tell you who the 2018 starting running back was. Is it Eddie Lacy? Was that the lasagna Lacy year? It might've been lasagna Lacy year. I want to look it up while you talk. It could have been. Um, but Aaron Jones was a backup running back waiting in the wings that kind of took over halfway through the year. Um, yeah, I mean, the team was magical. Taking a shot on Patrick Mahomes, who quite literally was only drafted because I remember watching the NFL draft and, like, his highlights were him just throwing bombs 70 yards down the field at Texas A&M. So I thought he would be cool. Um, that season was lucky. I would like to say that I had a lot of skill for it. But other than the Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones additions, that draft was – purely luck um the team was great you know all of those guys mean a ton to me we still keep in touch um it's a shame that keepers weren't around because i would have been able to keep patrick mahomes for the following two years at like sixth or seventh round value which would have been elite i guess it was 69 so that was like the end of the sixth round um but you know all of those guys mean a ton that season meant a ton um and i'm glad that it's been able to prosper into a deputy commissioner's role at league office um, this league leads, means a lot to me, and to be inducted into the Hall of Fame is something that I uh, hold near and dear to my heart. So I'd like to thank the committee. Um, obviously, I did not have a vote on my own team. That's why we have Kyle there as the extra voter. Um, and Kyle, at this point, I'm just talking to see if you have the 2018 running back. So if not, I'll yeah, I'm I'm looking at it, and the only name that I recognize in the running back room on their final roster, I'll say, is Jamal Williams. It probably was Jamal Williams then. So it wasn't Eddie Lacy. It wasn't Lasagna Lacy year. I can tell you that. Yeah, I thought that was a little late. Um, I don't think anybody had Lacy. Yeah, no, he wasn't playing in 2018, actually. So no one should have had him. Um, But yeah, no, that's definitely a name I didn't know. He was also on the team with Equinomius St. Brown, who, if I'm not mistaken, is the older brother of the sun god, Amon Ra St. Brown. Who sat on my uh, bench? Yes, the uh, next Terry McLaurin. Who sat on my bench for championship week and would have won me the whole thing. I still think about it. Uh, <laughs> Sam, Sam, you know, you can wipe that memory out of your head in a couple weeks when the new season starts. I can't wait. Um, yeah, so congratulations, all of our Hall of Famers. Mike, the uh, 2017 Gotham City Rogues, and the 2018 Nick Goes to Nova. Um, Sean, I'll throw it to you for one final words, but just want to say thank you for all the hard work you do in establishing this Hall of Fame. Um, you've done a great job in getting it set up for years to come. And, you know, I can tell you for a fact that I know that all of the um, um, 
voting processes for the coming years will be a lot easier than this year. So thank you very much for all the work you put into the Hall of Fame. No, it's it's my pleasure, as you mentioned, uh, and I think the, the it won't need to be two episodes going forward because we're literally just going to be reading off uh, uh, whoever the best player was at every position for the year, and we're going to be announcing if anyone, any teams made it, and hopefully we don't have any owner inductions anytime soon because we don't want folks retiring. Um, yeah, as, as much so, fun as it was, yes, I do not want anyone to leave this league. Um, so yeah with that i mean thank you gentlemen and a big thank you to julie as well for for all of her work on this too don't want that to go unnoticed and unrecognized so a big thank you to her a big thank you to you sam uh, as another committee member and kyle uh, tapping in wherever necessary so excited for what's to come uh you can expect graphics for uh these three winners to come out within the coming weeks uh, i'm not going to give an exact time frame but hopefully just before draft day and I know I mentioned this on the last episode, this is still a follow-up on my end, which I admittedly still need to work on, but that's a home for this league, uh, somewhere where it's published a little more publicly. Uh, so that's still kind of in the works in the background, but more to come on that. So uh, so all I got to say is thank you, gentlemen, and I, that's, that's it for me. Awesome. Awesome. So other than that, I got nothing else. Sam, any last, any last reminders or announcements for the league? Yeah, I got one more thing. I want to put a bow on here. I just did a little bit of digging myself. Aaron Jones was suspended the first three games. Well, some an ESPN article says three. There's a CBS article that says two for violating the league's substance abuse policies. Um, Jones was drafted in 2017, I guess, in that offseason in between 2017 and 18. Tested positive for something that he wasn't supposed to. Um, was suspended for two games and was behind Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery in the depth charts at the start of the season. Ty Montgomery, I remember him. So just a quick drift down memory lane for Mr. Aaron Jones. Um, they then finally allowed him to handle the football, and he's done wonderful things since then. So, Wow. I um, That's impressive. Impressive year to find the information. Sam? Oh, Kyle, in our final minute here, was there any other uh, notable members of the Hall of Lame? I did not find any. None that were as bad. I guess if we wanted to, we could do the 2020 Jim Elliott team, who went 1-12. Yeah. I was going to mention there was the uh, 2018 uh, Rob Dunning going two and ten, and Nick Mendorano going two and ten eh, as well. Two wins, you know. <laughs> lightning <laughs> happened. Yeah, it's too many for the whole league, and we need one or fewer. All right, um, I think I think that's a I think that's a fair benchmark. <laughs> exactly. So maybe someone will be inducted to that this year. Uh, we'll call it the Fan Tracks <laughs> Hall of Fame. How about that? There we go. There we go. I like it. Um, but now, awesome again. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sam, for joining us. Um, I think next time we, you guys, hear from us, um, Sam, should I make a special draft day announcement right now? Let's do it. All right. So, following the draft on August twenty seventh at David's house, myself, Sam, and David will be hosting a live episode of Hall Kill Focus. The live show is here. We hope to be able to stream it for those not able to be in attendance. But if not, we'll know we'll have at least some audience members. Um, we'll break down the draft, give some early season predictions. Um, I'm excited for it, though, because I will give you everyone listening right now, fair warning, I will be absolutely tanked for this draft. So, you know, you might be here and may say some fun things, but... We'll see how it goes. Um, 
but now I'm looking forward to that. It should be exciting. It should be a fun time. Um, so yeah, get to mock, dra- mock drafting, get to doing your rankings and, uh, I'm trying to decide. Yeah. You know what? This, this will be the final time, Sam. This will be the final time we can say this father Jay, take us away. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. The 